ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. You are going to die over who my guest is today. Like, I have the most fun guest, the most fun episode, actually an episode that many of you have asked me for. Are you ready for this? My episode today, drumroll please, make sure you're sitting down for this, drumroll, is none other than hubby. Joshua Clur is in the house. Welcome, baby. Good to be here. <laughs> so y'all know I really only have women on the Purpose Girl podcast. But here we are. We are just days away from Valentine's Day. And whether you are in a romantic relationship, you're not in a romantic relationship, you're wanting to be in one, you don't want to be in one, we thought it would be fun to dish a little bit on our relationship and share about how we met, share our love story, share what drives each other crazy, I guess in the good way and in the bad way about each other share how we've overcome a lot of challenges, right? You all know my stories around the miscarriages, and that didn't just happen to me. It happened to Josh, too. So we're going to share all of it in the hopes that hearing about our relationship will in some way inspire you, in some way open you up to sharing about your relationship, and for all of us to connect about relationships in general. So with that, without further ado, I'm so excited. Welcome my guest, the amazing, the fabulous, the one, the only hubby, Joshua Clare. Hi, listeners. <laughs> so some of you know, but maybe some of you don't know, that the Purpose Girl podcast is actually a collaboration between the two of us. So if I go back a few years ago, I had been on Sirius XM Radio on Wake Up With Taylor, which was a show on Sirius XM Stars, and I was on it for five years. She called me her happiness guru, and I would go on once a month and share all the different tips and tools that we talk about here on the Purpose Girl podcast. And for a couple of years, Josh had been listening to podcasts, but we work from home, and I don't drive anywhere, and so I never did. And he kept telling me, you need to have a podcast. You need to have a podcast. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then pretty much out of the blue, the show was canceled. And so I said, all right, you ready to go? And I share all this with you because whenever you listen to the Purpose Girl podcast, I want you to know that this is actually a collaboration of the two of us, that Josh does all the back end, that Josh does all of the technology, that Josh has figured out how to stream this in a million different places, that Josh edits. He is genius. And it's actually why now he has his own business helping people with podcasts, but this is really a collaboration, and it's kind of representative of our relationship. So it's kind of a fun way to, to think about us. Some things you might not know about Josh, he was a teacher for 20 years and still is, genius mathematician. He works with kids, whether they're in second grade or they're in high school, to really love math. And I've seen him work with kids who are genius and way beyond where they're 
grade level is in math. And I've seen him work with kids who have learning differences and who just don't get the concepts in math. And he knows how to tailor who he's talking to and how to make kids enjoy math, no matter which kid. And it melts my heart every single conversation that I hear him have with one of his students. It just blows my heart open and blows my mind. Other fun facts about Hubby. He followed the dead for 20 years. He had long, long hair. I probably wouldn't have dated him then because I'm not into guys with long hair. (laughs) But he's super fun. He made it super comfortable for me to be my whole self, the only person I ever dated who did. And that's probably why we are here now. So, hon. Yes. I thought it would be fun if we share our love story and how we met. It's a great story. Let's go. All right. So we are talking about 2011. So this is uh, 10 years ago this year. Oh my gosh, we're coming up on 10 years. 10 year anniversary of of our first date. We have to do something special. This summer. We're going to. July 15th, our first date. July 15th. Yep. Yeah. So um, I was a number of years out of an earlier marriage um, and I had um, been looking for love um, and had not been successful and never really found the person. And in the summer of 2011, um, I found Karen's online profile (laughs) on J-Date. J-Date. Those of you who don't know, J-Date stands for Jewish Date. It's Jewish Dating Online. I don't even know if it still exists in the world of apps and swipes. I, I don't and know. It was like on the computer. It wasn't on an app or phone or anything. Right. This was before swiping left or right or up right. or down or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. that was. It was a website. And um, I was on there for a while. And I had, I'd met a few people. And nobody really just um, just took my breath away. And... Then I saw Karen's profile and sent her a message. Because uh, I took your breath away? Because she took my breath away <laughs> and sent her a message and asked, uh, so all right, so I, I did something that she found very, very charming, which is um, I actually researched some of the things in her profile that she said she was interested in, uh, in particular positive psychology, and when I messaged her, I actually included some things that showed that I took an interest in her and in her interests. Um, and I asked if she wanted a drink. And then I didn't hear back. So I figured that just was, yeah, that wasn't going anywhere, which was a shame because uh, here's this just gorgeous woman and her profile was fascinating. And I, I was really hoping something would come of it. And then I didn't hear anything. Oh. That was me playing hard to get. That was you playing hard to get. Or that, actually, that was you not being online. I know. Well, actually, what happened was that, first of all, you wouldn't have shown up in any of my searches because I had a height requirement. Yes, you did. Right? So in my quote unquote checklist of what I wanted in someone, they had to be a certain height and you're shorter than me. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so you didn't- and definitely shorter than that requirement. <laughs> you're shorter than that requirement and shorter than me. So you didn't pop up in any of my- searches. And so I didn't go out with you. And I really had not been going out with people in Philadelphia because even though I was there for graduate school, I was moving to New York. Like that was pretty much in my mind an almost done deal. So I'd stopped dating online. And then it was July 15th. 
So that was the day that my thesis draft was due to my advisor. And all my friends, all of our thesis was due that day to our advisors. And I finished mine early. Being the total geek, total nerd that I am, (laughs) I finished my thesis draft early, all 100 pages of it. And so I wanted to go out for a drink and celebrate, but all my friends were still working on theirs. So I'm like, huh, maybe someone is over on JDate online who wants to take me out for a drink. And then I saw Josh's note to me that ended in, want to go for a drink sometime. So I replied back, how about now? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, fortunately, I happened to have been available because at the time, uh, so I have a son uh, from my first marriage and he's um, now 20. And at the time, he was with me for a week. Um, actually, he was with me a majority of the time. At that time, he happened to have been with his mom. So I was available. So I got back immediately and said, great. <laughs> and we set a spot for a date, uh, the Continental in, uh, in Central City in Philadelphia. They have a really cute rooftop bar. And, uh, and we met there. So I was there early because I was, like I said, ready for a drink. And he showed up. I'm like, oh, he's pretty cute. And I'd even had a dream, (laughs) maybe just a couple weeks before that, of a guy with silver hair, long silver hair, longish, that was kind of feathered back and um, like on a motorcycle. That had been in a dream of mine. And then Josh shows up and he had longer hair, longer than you have now. Mm -hmm. Not long, but like, you know. Flowy. I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, little feathery and back, and you look just like that picture. And we had a nice enough time, and our conversation flowed. But when we stood up and he was shorter than me, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to (laughs) work. And maybe I've shared this story before in the Purpose Girl podcast, but I'm like, nope, 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 not going to work. And I'm moving to New York anyway, so it doesn't matter. And so as we were leaving the restaurant, Josh asked, do you want to ride home? And I immediately was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, thank you. I'm like, no, I'm all right. He's like, no, my bike is right over there. And I was like, bike? And I look and there's a motorcycle. So um, technically, it's not really a motorcycle. It's a scooter. Uh, but she didn't know the difference. And uh, to her, a scooter, a motorcycle, they're both pretty awesome. And, they, and honestly, scooters are awesome. And I totally love it. And I I am not ashamed that I have a scooter, although I would actually like to get a get a Harley or maybe some kind of a, a funky bike at some point. Um, but it was a scooter, and to her, that was like a motorcycle, and she said, uh, yeah. And I was smart enough in advance to bring two helmets, hoping that I'd be able to give her a ride home. Aw, that's so <laughs> sweet. I yeah. don't know, and when we tell this story, if I've heard you say that part before. Yeah. That is so sweet. Of course you were. Plan ahead. Up. Plan ahead. I love that. This little interview I didn't realize would make me fall in love with him <laughs> even more. I'm so happy right now. So yeah, immediately he's like, bike. And I, I'm sorry to say, I don't know the difference. To me, that was a motorcycle. Like just my upbringing, I didn't know anyone who had a motorcycle. So when I saw a scooter, it totally was a motorcycle to me. And so I hop on the back and my hands are around your waist, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, shoo, 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 right? Like, in the wind, zipping through the streets of Philadelphia. And then we get to my apartment and we hop off the bike. He plants a kiss on me, on my lips, and like drives away. And I was like, wait, what? What just happened here? 
guy? What just happened? But I was pretty impressed because like that was pretty bold. And I, I've realized I need someone with an edge. Like I, I can't just have nice person. Like I need someone with an edge. And what's funny is your profile. Yeah, my profile name was uh, one of the good ones. Right. And it's like, we all want a good guy. But if we're going to be honest, I can't speak for you, but I also like someone with a little bit of an edge. And the thing is, you've got an edge because I've got an edge. Yeah. And that totally turned me on. And I was like, ooh, ooh, right. So like that totally made my pussy like kind of jump up and go, ooh, what was that? And so I said to myself as I closed my apartment door that night thinking about this guy and his kiss. And I thought, well, Karen, who are you? Right. So he's shorter than you. Like, get over it. Like, as if you don't have anything that's, you know, quote unquote, not to his perfection or his ideal or whatever. Like, who do you think you are? And so I think you called the next day or you texted the next day. Probably. The, yeah. The next day. Yeah. And I love that because you weren't playing games. You were like, want to go out again? So after about the second or third date, uh, you told me that you were moving to New York. And that you didn't want a long-term, a long-distance relationship. And I said, well, I don't want a long-distance relationship either. So let's just have fun while you're in Philly. And then that'll be that at the end of the summer. And I was like, fun? Like, I haven't had fun, quote unquote, wink, wink. You know what I mean, girls? F-U-N. I hadn't had fun in a long time. So I'm like, all right, we have fun together. Let's just have fun for the whole month. Maybe it was of August or something, whatever it was. And we did. We had a blast. We had a great time. Oh, my God. We did so many things. We, like, went bowling. We had picnics. picnics. Yeah, we went for long rides on the bike. Um, We went away for a weekend. New Hope. Yeah. Bed and breakfasts. We had a great time. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. And then the head professor at the University of Pennsylvania in positive psychology, Dr. Martin Seligman, who started all of positive psychology asked me if I would be his teaching assistant in the fall. And so lo and behold, I ended up being tied to Philadelphia, being tied to Philadelphia. I still moved to New York. And I helped you move to New York. Yeah, that's actually a huge piece of the story. Right. Because I wasn't just like, well, you're going to New York, you know, piss off. That's the end of this. I I lived in New York for, uh, for a number of years. So I went up with you. We went up together. And then I showed you around the different neighborhoods and helped you find a place. And you also didn't do that thing where you were like, Oh, no, don't go. We're like really good together. You should stay. Right. You know, if you had done that, it would have seemed eh mm-hmm. and icky. And I would have been like, yuck, get away from me. But you were like, yeah, go. All right. And then you were so smart wanting to help me find a, an apartment. And it wasn't scheming. It was just the right thing to do. Yeah. And, but it was kind of clever and suave. Hey, all right. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a great time looking for apartments. We had a wonderful time. We did. Yeah. So then Dr. Seligman, Marty, has me keep continuing to come back to Philadelphia once a month. And then, of course, when I came back, I would see Josh. And then in the middle of that semester, I had an idea to teach an undergraduate class in purpose and meaning at Penn. And I applied to see if I could teach a class. And they said yes, which was insanity. So then I was coming back to Philadelphia every single week to teach my undergrad class. And that was like, God, goddess, universe saying, all right, you two, you're going to get together. And I had an apartment. um, And so Karen ended up staying with me. Yeah. And it started off um, while she was in Philly, just coming to teach. And then it stretched into a little longer and a little longer and more often. And then you would come to New York. And I would come to New York. 
And for two people who didn't want a long-distance relationship, we were in one for three years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that that was the right thing. And then we started talking about if we were going to get married. And I think I was in a place of like, eh, I don't know if I ever need to get married again. And I wanted, if we were going to continue our relationship, um, if this was going to be a long-term thing, I felt that it was important to make it official, to actually go through a marriage. Um, my feeling, I don't think this is true for everybody, but um, I like the extra level of commitment that that feels like it um, affords a relationship. Um, it's not just you get into a fight, you move out because you're dating and there are no strings attached. It's it's an extra level of commitment to your partner. Uh, and again, that's not for everybody. I'm not preaching, but but for me, that's what I felt I needed. It's what you needed, what you wanted. Yeah. And I wasn't there. Like we spent a lot of time talking about if we should get married, if that was the right thing for me. We broke up. Yep. You broke up with me at some point. <laughs> that is not at all what happened. And you know it. You broke up with me. Um, this is just an ongoing joke we have. Yeah. It is an ongoing joke. I broke up with him. Yes. Because in full disclosure, I didn't really want to get married or know that yeah. I did. Yeah. I wanted to live in New York, not Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And you have a son, a wonderful young man, but I didn't really you want did to be a stepmom. I didn't want to be a stepmom. That was clear from the start. And on my profile, my on J Date, I made no, you know, no secret about it. I said that I have a son. And you included pictures. Yeah, of with, myself with him. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> I had said, don't want kids on my profile. Now, all of right. you, our listeners, you know what our <laughs> journey has been to have kids. But I said, I don't want kids. Yeah. And so you asked me before we went out, you or maybe on that first date, you Just said- to make sure. Make sure I have a son. Is that okay? And because I was thinking I'm moving to New York and never going to be with this guy, I'm like, sure, you can have a kid. I don't care. So we had a lot to really work through. Right. And when we broke up- when, okay, I broke up with you. Mm-hmm. When you happened. broke up with me. <laughs> when we broke up, ultimately, I think that was a good eight months, maybe even almost a year. But we stayed friends yeah. and really friends with benefits. Friends with benefits. <laughs> and, and honestly, the benefits were terrific. <laughs> I, I won't get graphic, but I mean, come on, Karen. I mean, the benefits were fabulous. I love you. Not sorry. <laughs> So we were friends with benefits, which probably is never a good idea for a breakup. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. And then, and we each dated other people. Like you put yourself online, did the stupidest thing. I really should not even be in any relationship with him anymore. So in hindsight, this wasn't a a good thing to do. But um, so I have I have a tendency sometimes to be kind of logical and and sometimes think a little more lo- like you know like Karen said I was a math teacher for twenty years, um, and so in trying to once she broke up with me, in building a new profile I realized I didn't have any recent pictures of myself, the but but Karen had plenty of them on her phone, <laughs> so I asked her if she would send me some pictures of myself so that I could put them on my new profile. I mean, have you ever he asked me for pictures that he could use on his dating profile? I I guess I figured it was the logical thing since she had them and I didn't. And she broke up with me. So, uh, yeah, that was probably 
tacky. It was very. It was, it was very tacky. tacky. Yeah, I was, was very mad at you. Yes. But ultimately, I still let you be a friend with benefits. And actually, you sent me pictures too. Uh, did I? Because I'm a nice person. Because you're a very nice person. I'm a very nice person. And so it took a lot of conversation. And ultimately, what happened for me is I realized life with Josh. I'm going to start crying. Life with Josh is better than life without Josh. Mm. And so even though I wanted to live in New York and I wasn't sure about stepmom and we could figure out how we do marriage that's our way and not traditional or like mm -hmm. other people, life with Josh is better. Mm. <laughs> so I think I took a bus to Philadelphia and told you I wanted to be with you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. And looking back, I don't know if we would have had a big wedding like we had. No. I think in hindsight, it would have been better to have a small, small intimate affair. Yeah. But we did have family and friends. We got to invite tons of friends to be there. We did. And Josh did the most amazing thing at our wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hadn't thought about this in a while, but I know exactly what you mean, obviously. And do you want to brag that it was the most amazing thing? All right. It was... It was the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. So love languages, which is something he and I want to talk about in a little bit, because we actually have very different love languages. And that's something that some of you have asked me about before. Like, how do you do love languages if they're different? And how do you stay in relationship? Anyway, my love languages are verbal and gifts. And my absolute all time, without a doubt, 100% favorite movie <laughs> is... Love Actually. Love Actually. And we watch it every year. Every year at Christmas. Christmas. Have to. Mm -hmm. So at our wedding... I stole a page uh, from Love Actually, but really made it my own. And I asked, uh, oh, I don't remember at this point, 12, tw maybe 12 guests? 18. 18 guests. Oh, it was 18 because it was high. For those who don't know, chai is uh, the Hebrew word for life, and the numerical equivalent is 18. So it's a symbolic number. Uh, you're right. There were 18 people. Right. It's symbolic in Judaism. Yeah. So I got 18 guests to participate in advance, um, and I created a sign for each person on a stick, large, printed, that I coordinated with somebody, the caterer. Um, the caterer and the DJ, I think, were both involved in this, um, got them the signs and told the 18 people to get their sign uh, really sneakily from them and to sit down with it without letting Karen see. And on the back of the sign, it had what number in order they were supposed to stand up um, so that Karen could see it. And at one point in the... And the rabbi was in on it, officiating at the wedding. And at one point... The rabbi paused and said, does anyone here have anything that they want to say? And if you watch our wedding video, I am standing there in horror because you see all these like movies, right? The rom-coms when the rabbi or minister asks that question, someone stands up and says, these two people should not be married. And so I'm like, who would have anything to say? And I'm going through like, is my dad going to say something? And then all of a sudden... So we turn around to the people seated, and one person stands up and holds a sign. And it said, Dearest Karen. And then another person stood up and held a sign. 
And it said, today I'm the luckiest man in the world. And one after another, all 18 people started holding up their signs. And Karen read this poem, poem. that I wrote for her, spread across 18 signs. And you see, it took her a few seconds to figure out what was going on. And then the waterfall started. Oh. And she started bawling. It was the greatest ever. I- I can't even, I still cannot get over that moment in our lives. It was just, it was an act of love that I just didn't know was possible. And I don't even sometimes feel worthy of. And it just showed me, it's like in that moment, it just showed me that you really knew me and you got me. And I felt so loved and I felt so seen and I felt so understood. I felt so happy. Mm. It was it was the greatest gift anyone could ever give me. It was really special. It was. And in that poem, you said that you will hold my dreams sacred like your own. As if they were my own. Yeah. yeah. And, and you true. have. Totally true. I mean, this podcast is a huge example. Yeah. I left the classroom... I was ready for a change, but I ended up leaving the classroom and I work full time with Karen on the business that she created. Yeah. It's her dream. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank you. So in the end, our wedding turned out to be pretty special. Yeah. So maybe it is good that we had a I guess. Wedding. I guess so. I guess so. If we only had a few guests, we couldn't have had 18 signs. There you go. <laughs> and what's important here, a lot of people send me messages about me and Josh what you see on Instagram or on Facebook. And I don't ever want to give the impression that this is all a fairy tale and that we're not normal and that we don't have challenges because holy shit, we have, (laughs) we've had a lot of challenges. Yeah. And we've had challenges, just life has thrown stuff at us, miscarriages, someone we love being suicidal at some point. A lot of family drama that's pulled us in. A lot. Mm-hmm. Blending families. Yep. And just differences between the two of us. Yeah. Where communication is not always there. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about the challenges and, and how we face them and overcome them. Okay. So one of the things I obviously talk a lot about on the Purpose Girl podcast are the miscarriages. Hmm. And the first miscarriage that we had brought us closer. Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments, I think, when you have a really horrible tragedy or trauma, it can break you apart or it could bring you together. And our story is that I started spotting and you rushed me to the hospital. And while we were in the waiting room of the emergency room, I went to the bathroom and I miscarried I miscarried into the toilet. Not to be graphic, but that's what happened. And then they put me in a hospital bed because I had been bleeding everywhere. And you got into the bed with me. Yeah. And I held you. And you held me. Yeah. And that was the best thing you could have done. Yeah, that was a really hard time and I think I think we came closer after that. Yeah. 
And what's interesting is that it's different than the second miscarriage. Yeah, the second one was tough for us because we we grieved differently and at different times, and we went through a different process. And because they weren't in sync, that was really tough for us together. Yeah, it took me a lot longer. I think at first I was in denial, and I thought, no, the they were wrong in the ultrasound. Right. The baby maybe is just five weeks instead of eight weeks, so we're going to find that the baby is still there. And I think you were more... I was grieving from the beginning. I, I didn't have those... I wasn't under those illusions. I, I, it hit me at the, it hit me at the beginning. Um, and so I really started grieving first. Um, and then I was kind of moving into a different stage when you sort of came to accept things. Right. So when I started bleeding in that time, it was several weeks later. Mm -hmm. So I did hold on to this hope for those weeks. And I wanted you to be on team, it's still happening, we're still pregnant. And you were like, no, I'm on team grieving. Right. (laughs) And then when I was on team grieving, you were in a different place with it. Right. And so we really were out of sync then. Yeah. And we actually fought a lot. About that. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like you didn't hear me, you weren't listening. Right. Yeah, that was hard. And there was probably a lot of, I probably could have been, could have done a lot better in terms of my being supportive of you because we were in different places and I still should have been more supportive. Hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was probably my bad. Oh, thank you, sweetie. You're welcome. And in fairness to you, it's not always your bad when we fight. I would honestly well, say <laughs> four out of five times when we fight, it's on me. I I don't want to argue with you. <laughs> Three out of five times. I'll no, take no, 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 no. Let's <laughs> come back to the five. I think the four is probably more accurate. No. <laughs> I am an extremely emotional being. Yeah. I feel the highs extremely high. I feel the lows extremely low. And I know I can be a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. What's it like being married to me? Um, exciting. Because I tend to be a very even-keeled person, and you tend to bring the fun and the excitement, um, and I need more of that in my in my life and in my personality. So it's exciting and sometimes unpredictable, um, and overall very very well worth any of the bumps and the and the challenges that we face. Aww, thank you for reading my notes that I gave you. <laughs> Did I get that right? <laughs> Just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, I'm not, I'm not easy to live with. I know that. That's true. (laughs) And so when we fight, you know, I'll, what will be happening typically is that maybe it's a time when I'm not speaking my voice, right? We'll talk about doing something and Josh will say what is important to him and I'll go along with him. Mm -hmm. And then because I didn't speak my voice, then I get angry with you. I have taken it out on you. And I teach all of you to speak your voice. And I'm doing it with you, right? Like I'm living this path with you. And I realize that the relationships that I grew up around, it was very common for the woman to not speak up to the man. And because I'm very aware of this pattern uh, between us, I will 
usually ask Karen or ask you, um, are you sure? Are you sure? Do you, would you rather do this? Um, because I know that oftentimes you'll just agree to something if I've expressed a preference for it and I don't want that. Um, and then that's just something that we, you know, we need to continue one of our areas where we need to continue working that working through that. Yeah, and I, I get- think I've done a lot more speaking my voice. Yeah, I do too. Because the other way it goes is then I speak my voice screaming, right? Like, I don't want that. How could you not know me well enough to know that? Right. And so, and it's really ownership on me. And, and it's something that I practice a lot. One of the things that we have in our marriage is what we call a redo. Mm -hmm. I learned this from my dear friend, Emilia Zivotovskaya, which is if the conversation is going in some way or you say something that you didn't really mean to say, you can ask for a redo. And then the other person, if they grant you the redo, you don't bring it up again. You start off fresh. And so we've really used that as a tool in our marriage. And I've really used it because I came from a family that's incredibly loving, incredibly loud and fun. But also we fight a lot when it's like, you didn't hear me. No, you didn't hear me. And so we will fight a lot. And so that is a pattern that I brought into our marriage. And here's Josh, who's like, steady Eddie, super cool and calm, like the Buddha, all of a sudden in this storm. And that's why I say that if if we're fighting, the majority is on me. But I think what actually happens is I will bring it up because that's how I grew up is to bring up conflict. And you did not. That's mm-hmm. actually a better thing about me. I might not bring it up in the best way, but I do bring up <laughs> conflict. And I tend to be more conflict avoidant. Right. And that's not good either. No, neither one is good. And so the best, right, then we get to a place where then we actually talk through it. And that's where I think we're continuously working. And we've gotten a lot better at that. Yeah. 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 Where we, first of all, where I just speak up, not in a screaming way or the submissive, I'm not going to speak up way, but just speak my preference Mm -hmm. or speak what's important to me. So I've gotten a lot better at that. And I think we've gotten a lot better at just communicating what we need. Actually, early in our marriage, we went to a couples counselor. Yeah, we did. Because I had been honest that I didn't want to be a stepmom and I didn't want to live in Philadelphia, and yet I wanted Josh. So what made us decide to get married was that life was better with him, but we also struck a deal. And the deal, right, so this, ladies, is going to show you how you can compromise. (laughs) The deal was I will live in Philadelphia. Until my son, who is now 20, finished high school, uh, and then after that, we would go wherever Karen wanted to go. And that was, it was kind of necessary for me because, um, it was necessary for both of us for different reasons. I did not want to leave Philadelphia because I had, for a while, I had primary custody. Um, and I didn't want to give up my custody and just leave my son while he was in middle school and, and in high school. Nor should you. Right. And Karen didn't want to settle in Philadelphia. So we decided we'd stay until he graduated from high school. And then we would go wherever Karen wanted to go. For the rest of our lives. For the rest of our lives. Pretty sweet deal. Now, if you're wondering, we're still in Philadelphia because then we found a fertility (laughs) doctor in Philadelphia. And then we had the baby. And then we were going to move right after the baby. And then COVID. So we're still there. We're still there. But we have an amazing house. And we actually have made more friends with COVID because more people have been on the streets. And it's actually wonderful. And I think Goddess has been telling us... Stay. So we'll see what happens, but that's why we're there. But I got into that because we went to a couples counselor early in our marriage 
to try to figure out how do we compromise on all of this. Mm-hmm. And I learned some really important things there. He had us write out what each of us envisioned in our marriage mm. and then to share what was in common and what wasn't. And he taught us to be much more appreciative of each other's gestures and bids. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is something for us to get into or love languages because we have different love languages. We do. And so I think you were feeling like I wasn't appreciating all the little things that you did for me and all the big things. I wasn't appreciative enough. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like I want more verbal. Right. And so we've really, really worked to be able to meet each other's love language. Right. Verbal is not one of my primary love languages, but it's it's one of Karen's. And so I have had to be very intentional about being more verbal and expressing my love for her, my appreciation, verbal flirting, um, just being more mindful and intentional about that. And you have been. And I have been. And what I've also learned to do is just to ask for it when I want it. Yeah. Right. So like the other day we were making love and Mm -hmm. I said, talk to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, I also can be a responsible woman, not a girl, a responsible woman and simply say what I want and get it. It doesn't have to be a big, huge, you don't know me kind of a thing. It can just be, hey, baby, talk dirty to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. And you do it more on your own too. I mean, I do. Yeah, of course. There's a belief that you shouldn't have to tell your partner what you want. They should just know and do it. And I I think that's a wonderful thing to work towards. But I also don't think we should always depend on our partner knowing what you want when you want it and knowing what you want them to say. Um, sometimes you need to ask for it. Yeah, I've learned so much about asking for what I want and not just expecting that you're going to know and being okay that I'm asking for it. Right. Right. Like before the baby, I told you I wanted you to plan a really romantic night for us. Mm-hmm. And then I left carte blanche, right? Yeah. And you did such a beautiful job. You set up the whole backyard, right? Mm-hmm. You took out one of our tables and you put candles all over it. And, and a, rose petals. Rose petals. Flowers. Yeah. And then um, dinner. And I didn't come out. You like ushered me outside like a queen. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. Had beautiful music playing. You had beautiful music playing. And we had a candlelit dinner in the backyard under the stars. Right. Yeah. Well, I was like nine months pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. So, you know, one of the things I've learned, I used to think that the right person for me would just know exactly what to do. And I've learned, and I learned a lot of this from Regina Tomashauer, Mama Gina, is to ask for what we want. And that our partner loves us and typically wants us to be happy. So more often than not, your partner wants to do the thing that you want. And that's what I've learned, at least about you. No, it is true. I need to, I need to own it and not, it's, it's little girl. What I found is it's little girl princess talk to be mm. like, nye, 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 you yeah, know, right. and it's woman to say, Hey baby, plan me a really. Yeah. It's more yeah. empowered. It's more yes. taking charge of your needs and of your wants and of your relationship. Yeah. A hundred percent. And knowing me like you do, then you've done some amazing things. You planned a beautiful gesture. You once planned a whole trip for us, like a mystery trip that I didn't know what we were doing or where we were going to Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was amazing. That turned out to be an amazing trip. Amazing. You once got me a journal where at the top of each page, 
you wrote something you loved about me. Mm -hmm. That was very verbal of yeah. you. Yeah. And I've really learned, like for you, quality time mm -hmm. is one of your love languages. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a need for quality time. Right. Right. So, and I'm someone since before COVID and before baby, I would travel all the time. And I've since learned, no, it's important to spend that time together. Mm -hmm. And you're, you do acts of service like no one's business. Yeah, that's, so I feel like there's, um, and I think we've talked about this. I feel like there are, uh, love languages that we tend more to be expressive in ways that we like to show our love and then ways that we like to receive. And I'm not sure it's always the same for each, like in both directions. And I think originally it's supposed to be the same. I think that was the original concept of the book by Richard Chapman. Yeah. Is that we give in the way that we tend to want to receive, but then I know other people have studied the work and have found that we give and receive differently. Right. Do you think you give and receive differently? I think I do, um, because I think I tend to do, like you said, um, acts of service. And I, I think it's more important that I it sort of feels more natural for me to express love that way, um, but it's not as important for me to receive it hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. um, and you yeah. do. I mean, what you all don't know is I'll be teaching a goddess on purpose class and Josh will come upstairs with a glass of water. Right. Right. Or with a bag of almonds if he knows I haven't eaten in a while. I mean, you're constantly thinking of all those things to do right. for me. Right. And that's just natural. Those kind of acts of service come naturally to me to give. But I don't feel I mean, I appreciate when they're given to me, but I don't think I would. Um, yeah, I think it feels more natural for me to give that way than to receive it. So what makes you feel really loved? Hmm. Interestingly, I think it's more it feels more right for me to receive it verbally huh. than it is for me to give it verbally. So it feels really good for you when I'm like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah. It feels more natural for me to give acts of service, but to receive verbally. I think, yeah, I think I have to think about that. But that's off the cuff what comes to mind. Yeah. Huh. I love that we're having this conversation. Yeah. That's so good. What do you think makes our relationship work? Um, I think one of the big keys is a sort of yin-yang balance in our energy levels. Um, you are, like you, you say, you know, you feel the full range, all 88 keys, uh, the highs, super highs, super lows, lots of energy. And I tend to be much more even keel, um, maybe more grounded. Uh, and I think that that balances really well. Uh, I feed off of your energy. And I think my groundedness and my being centered sometimes, sometimes helps you to sort of bring you back down. A hundred percent. It's funny. One of the tools that we use in positive psychology is a strengths assessment. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I think like our second or third date, I wanted you to take a strengths assessment. And you did. And one of your top, your top strength, I think was Love. Yeah, I think it was love. Which is so you. Yeah. It's so perfect. But my second one was diligence and prudence. And caution. 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 Cautious prudence and S diligence or something. Something like that. And I was like, 
what the hell good are those strings? That's not any good. Wah, wah. Right. Which is so awful. Okay. So listen, I've since come around. That was 10 years ago. They're all strengths. They're all strengths. And I have amazing clients in that who have that as a top strength. And I've totally come around to how important it is. I was at a place where I had just left my vice president, six-figure, steady Eddie, stable, secure job and had thrown caution to the wind. And I think at that moment, I right. was very afraid that too much caution was going to keep me from living my dream. What's actually happened is we've blended these things so well together that if not for Josh, I would never be on time anywhere. (laughs) I would miss every flight that we have. Mm -hmm. And I have whacked out big, huge, amazing ideas. Like, y'all wait until the idea I'm about to share with you soon. In probably just a few days, I'm going to do a bonus episode. So I have these huge ideas. And if not for Josh adding in some diligence and how do we do this well, how do we keep it grounded? How do we keep it smart? I would go off the handle. Right. How do we actually make it happen in the time allowed? That's it. That's it. How do we make it happen in the time allowed? So it actually works really, really well together. I think also you are an amazing big picture Mm. dreamer, visionary, um, and I... Uh, and much better at focusing on the details um, and the logistics. And one can't survive without the other. They're right. both needed. Right. And it works for our relationship yeah. and for our business. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't also cause fights, because it does. Yeah. Where sometimes my big vision will frustrate you. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not possible. You have no sense of what <laughs> actually it takes. And then there are times when you're... I'll ask you a detailed question, and you'll be like, now is not the right time. I'm like, la, 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 I can't hear that, right? And so there are times when it'll annoy the frick out of me right. that you are being cautious and diligent. And so those are communication things that we are we still work on. I mean, still we do not on. have a perfect union by any means, and I think what's important is we're committed to talking through all of it. Yeah, better than it was and not as good as it will be. Oh, that's so well said. Thank you. But you're truly my rock. Oh. You are. You're my rock. Yeah. I love you. Well, I love you. Oh, it's a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> and you love, you really, really love me. Yes, I do. I love you for you. Yeah. Quirks and all. Yeah. Yeah. Finding a lot of my quirks adorable. Adorable. That's been our conversation lately. Recently, yeah. Yeah. So there are some quirks that are adorable, like, oh... um, You can tell them. You sure? Yeah. All right. She can floss with her hair. I do. I floss my teeth with my hair. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) I have like these, you know, things with actual dental floss, and she has her hair, and she can floss with her hair. That's odd and quirky, and I love it. And it's adorable. (laughs) And it's adorable. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. (laughs) One of the things I think that's really awesome about what we've done in relationship is we've created rituals. Mm. Like, I think that's one of the things that really works about our relationship. Yeah. And, like, we have a coffee mug ritual. Mm Mm-hmm. So we drink out of matching coffee mugs every day. Mm -hmm. Now, before you throw up, okay, and you think this is ridiculous, remember, we already told you that we also fight. We also have differences. We also have all sorts of issues. But I think that having little rituals keeps the bond even when we're having issue or challenge. Yeah. So we drink out of matching coffee mugs every morning and we have a little routine with them. Which is that uh, we clink them and then we kiss. 
and we when we sip our coffee, we look each other in the eye when we take that first sip. Right. And that actually is a take off of something that your mom and dad did when yeah. your mom was still with us. Yeah, that they used to clink uh, uh, and kiss every their morning, juice. their orange juice every morning. Yeah, so we've adopted that as a ritual. We have a ritual when we're driving through on driving trips. <laughs> From I'm... one state to another. So when I was a little kid, we never went on planes together. We only did driving trips. And every time we would pass from one state into another, I would say, hello, Ohio, here comes Karen Z. Great. And so we've adopted that where I say it. And then I say it. And since our driving trips recently have been with Shay, we both say it for Shay. Right. So it's little, I think that those rituals really keep us bonded and keep like we have games that we play, you know, some are, you know, private, so we won't get into them. <laughs> but we have an I love you game that you've always played with me oh, that, yeah. you know, I'm someone who I have a hard time receiving love. As much as I teach all of you to be empowered in yourself and to know that you're worthy. I think after my first love abused me, literally used to hit me and pinch me. I have a hard time receiving love. And sometimes that old voice will say, I'm not worthy or deserving. And you created a game to let me know that I was. Mm -hmm. I will start with my thumb and pointer finger, second finger, uh, really close together. I say something like, and it's different every time. Uh, if this is the amount of sand uh, on the bottom of my shoe, and then I'll bring them a little further apart. If this is the amount of sand in the sandbox at the playground, I'll bring them further apart. If this is the amount of sand on the beach on the Jersey Shore, bring them further apart. If this is the amount of sand on all the beaches in on the East Coast, and put my hands further apart. If this is the amount of sand on all the beaches in the United States, and put my arms further apart then I love you this much and put them really far <laughs> apart. And it just makes me smile every time. Like every I'm a time. little baby yeah. receiving love. Like I'm a little girl again. In fact, we once had a moment where we were in the shower together. This is one of the best moments of my life. And you just gently started kissing every inch of my face, my cheekbones, my forehead, my eyebrows. And my jaw, my nose, and every inch, you just kept telling me, I, I love you. Mm. I love you. And I cried so much that day. Yeah. Because it was like breaking down some wall in me that felt like I wasn't worthy of so much love. Right. Yeah. And you are. And you are. I received that. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So any of you out there, if you're wondering if Josh has a clone <laughs> or a brother, he does have a brother, but he's married. And I've definitely had clients ask him, call him the king of love and ask Josh if he would teach man courses or husband courses. <laughs> he's shaking his head right now. I find it very, very flattering, but uh, that's not going to happen. It's not your gig. It's not my gig. You're behind the scenes. My strengths are elsewhere. Yeah. 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 But I appreciate that people see how loving you are to me. And it always reminds me because sometimes that old brain of mine can go into different stories 
And so it always reminds me and I appreciate it. So for all of you out there, whether you have a love currently or not, we wish you a very, very, very happy Valentine's Day. Remembering, of course, that you are your biggest Valentine. I think actually one of the keys to our marriage that we haven't talked about is self-love. And that I did have a marriage ceremony with myself before we got married because I didn't want to make the same mistakes in this marriage that I made in the first. And I have made some of them. (laughs) But having promised myself to listen to my own dreams first and to vow that nothing, not even Josh's, needs get in the way of what I ultimately need in life. And you're very good about standing up for your needs and what you, what's important to you. Mm -hmm. That's been huge. And I think I'm better at it in this relationship than I was in the past. Mm. That's a whole other conversation because we (laughs) were married before. Yeah. And how we are doing this one differently. Very differently. Much more intentionally. Hmm. So as you go into this Valentine's Day, you know, the day before Valentine's Day is Self-Love Day, International Day of Self-Love. And so my greatest hope for you is that first and foremost, you have that love with yourself. You have that love then with others, friends, neighbors, community, partner, partners, poly, whatever, that we all have that love within ourselves and with others. And who knows, maybe Josh and I will do some more work projects together. We toy around with teaching a podcast class sometime, which would yeah. be freaking awesome, that wouldn't it? That would be it? fabulous. Oh, my God. Because yeah. you could teach all the back end. Yep. And then I could teach the front end, like how to know your message and how to speak your voice. Although you and... have such a nice back end and front end. <laughs> <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> See why I keep them around? <laughs> so that might be coming to you. And I I also have a huge announcement coming for you in just a few days. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, thank you, Josh, for coming on the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you, Karen, for having me. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was. This has just made me love you even more. Oh, shucks. No, I mean it. (laughs) I mean it. You're always, you're so supportive of everything I've ever wanted to do. Every coach I've ever wanted to work with, every class, every crazy idea, every fantasy. You're just so supportive and coming on here today you were so supportive and it was just so much fun and just makes me i have think i've smiled for an hour (laughs) straight like i've not stopped smiling this has been a lot of fun Yeah. yeah so thanks baby you're welcome i love you i love you and to all of you out there i love you too i love you i love you i love you thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for listening to this episode of the purpose girl podcast i hope you loved it if you did share it Share the image of it on your social media and tag me. Share this with friends, with family. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. If you haven't left your five-star review, go do that. It helps so much for women all over the world to find us. And if you haven't joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Every single day, we post a prompt for you to live your dreams, live your purpose, love your life, and feel radiant and alive. And with that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye Bye for for now. now.